leading organizations with intentionality and purpose is complex work. And dedicated leaders work tirelessly each and every day to build impactful cultures of collaboration. But effective collaboration is difficult and messy. The good news is you don't have to do it alone. Join the Jigsaw Learning Team for Leading Collaborative Response, sharing insights for leaders committed to establishing, refining, and deepening collaborative response in their organization. Welcome back to another episode of Leading Collaborative Response. As always, I am fortunate to speak with Curtis and Lorna Hewson, lead learners and co-founders of Jigsaw Learning. So hi, guys. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Great to see you again. In the last three days, my town has been on fire watch and then flood watch. <laughs> Absolutely. We just heard about that as well. Goodness. It, uh, it reminds us a little, or a few years ago, when we had spent some time working with some schools in Australia, where they had gone through some incredible droughts, then fires, then a pandemic hit. Uh, and then they also had had a mass infestation of uh, different uh, insects and grasshoppers, grasshoppers and whatnot. And oh my goodness, it was signs of apocalypse <laughs> coming toward us. So let's hope let's that hope. it ends with fires and floods. But man, our uh, our thoughts sure go out to not only yourself and your neighbors, but all of our friends and, and partners up in that area of, Al of Alberta. Absolutely. As schools are trying to to finish off their years with exams, some are, some are looking at exemptions and some are looking at removing where their grads are being hosted. And yes, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting end of the school year for a lot of our, a lot of our friends. And so, yes, absolutely. Our, our thoughts are with them and sending positive vibes. Absolutely. Sure. It's the absolute in adapting. <laughs> Yes. Shifting and adapting. But I know that you've told us that you've had totes uh, set out at the front door for quite a while in anticipation. And let's hope that, uh, yeah, it just stays as alerts and nothing to. more. Oh, we, we almost got to the point of let's unpack. No, let's wait a little longer. <laughs> well, yeah. we're thinking of you for sure. I'm really excited to be back here talking to you two again, though, because we we dipped our toe in the water of onboarding new staff with our last conversation. Mm -hmm. But we have talked about multiple different scenarios where new staff are getting on board, right? We're onboarding new teachers and EAs, onboarding new principals into a district, onboarding from a school perspective, a principal into a collaborative culture, and then even the conversation uh, around the idea of onboarding new personnel at the district level. And you know, each one of those situations has certain nuances to it. And they're all ones that we've experienced within the last month of people reaching out saying, hey, we've been doing this work, but we have a new principal coming. What do you uh, do? With? What do you suggest? <laughs> hey, we hired three new principals within our district. How do we keep this work going without starting from... Stage one. So each one of these scenarios has been brought up with questions and the timing is perfect for it right now. So thanks for, for setting up the conversation and joining us, Jen. In my various roles before joining Jigsaw Learning, I had the opportunity to see collaborative response implemented at a school level and then at a systems level. Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, I've, I've experienced the difference in that implementation but you've had way more opportunity to experience that with partners. So talk a little bit about, you know, how is it different at a systems level? 
Well, and I think for our listeners to understand that difference as well is critically important. And I think it starts off with the understanding at a school level, we can't operate in isolated classroom environments. We used to refer to this mm -hmm. as oftentimes in schools, isolated islands of excellence. It's yeah. not that we're saying what's happening in classrooms isn't good, but how do we take that excellence and expand it out through effective collaboration and through structures? And when we think about that at a school level, it's about breaking down the silos in each classroom. When we think about a system level, it's the exact same principle of how do we ensure that we do not have isolated schools of excellence and how can we build upon the capacity of each and every school within the system overall? We actually often now, if we get the opportunity to have a conversation with district leaders when they're thinking about implementing collaborative response, it, it truly is. We've seen uh, real success in districts that engage in this work as a whole, yeah. where all their schools are involved in the implementation and uh, even in phases, if it's necessary in a in a bigger district. But but the the chance to be able to engage in the work with multiple schools, multiple leadership teams allows us to build capacity across the whole system and create that common understanding and common language from mm -hmm. school to school. It was interesting. We heard from one school leader a number of years ago that said, when I was implementing as a solo school within my district and the district was not engaged in this conversation, I felt like I hit a ceiling. I felt like there was only so much I could do from the school level. And the absolute irony of this is that person is now a system leader and is moving forward with system-wide conversations based exactly on their own experiences. But I think what it also ensures is that we can adopt the learning and implementation principle of networking. The idea that engaging in work through a network is stronger than individuals and when we go about that from a system capacity, we're essentially saying we're going to move together, but everyone's going to be at different places on the journey. And with that, the networking becomes sort of critically important when I can say, so what have you done that's led to success? What are challenges you're having? Oh, I've actually, in our school, we've encountered that challenge. Here's what we did. And that tension, and even to some degree, that school to school accountability becomes massive as we're trying to build expertise um, up throughout a overall system. And I think this is where so many of our thought leaders, Michael Fullen um, in particular, talks about if you want real change to happen, it has to be thought through at the macro level. Micro level changes are probably not going to amount in your, your ultimate sustainability. Well, and when you are engaging school leadership teams, we would always say that it's going to be unique for every school that engages in the work. So it's not that we're saying that when you engage as a district, that you're going to have cookie cutter schools. No, of course not. So are not. <laughs> but we have that chance to be able to have that unique uh, development that is happening in every school, but then for schools to share across who have similar demographics. So the high schools are sharing with each other about that work and what it looks like in their own setting and helping each other to build uh, the, yeah. the work within their own context. Well, and we found now 
especially within larger systems that we're working with, when we can actualize that idea of top-down, bottom-up implementation, where at a system level, we're thinking about what are the structures and processes system-wide that we need to attend and build upon, and then bottom-up being how can the schools at their level begin in engaging in this work. And there's always tension until those two come to coexist in the middle, but we're often finding in especially larger systems that go through a phased approach and have to go through a phased approach, there's tension mm -hmm. that happens when you have mm -hmm. some schools a little bit further and the systems, uh, protocols and procedures don't align with the way they're tiering the supports, for instance, um, or in other situations where the system's starting to make shifts, but we have schools that haven't quite caught up to it. And so that tension that exists is really, really substantial, but it becomes even more impactful when systems can start supporting their schools, utilizing the same structures and processes that we teach schools to respond to their students. And any district or system that's engaged in that work at the system level has found huge impact. Their knowledge of schools grows exponentially. And then being able to say, we understand the struggles you're having as a school because we're experiencing them too. We're also on a learning journey. And so when you think about all that levels of support, when we bring a new leader into a school, whew, there's, there's some things we have to be thinking of so that we don't lose all of that momentum and process that's happening, especially when it's been engaged through a system perspective. Well, and you think about that, all of that is about alignment. So how do we 100%. align the work and the priorities and the strategic planning that's happening at that district level to what's happening in all of the schools? And not only that uh, strategic planning, but the processes that allow us to provide effective supports for students. So what the system, the processes and structures that are happening in a school really need to align with those processes and structures at the district level. So how do we create that systematic um, way of accessing supports for students, whether that is school level supports or whether that's district and external supports? I was just going to say supports. that becomes so critical as we begin looking at students who are needing tier three level supports at the school level, but now we're at a place of, oh my goodness, we need to investigate tier four level supports yeah. and how do we coordinate and manage and do all schools even realize what are all of the tier four supports that are available to us? Yeah, it's, <laughs> we could go on a very long time <laughs> in regards to system implementation. Well, and I'm listening to you talk because we had the opportunity to engage in a conversation with the Holy Spirit team, and they talked about some of the, the learnings that they had about trying to both support schools on their collaborative response journey and the system role that that has, as well as engage in collaborative response at a system level in terms of identifying the supports for schools in all of their priority areas. And those are two really different roles. And I think back, we've had that conversation. We had a part A and a part B conversation about wow. that last year. So I'll make sure that I link those um, in the podcast and the YouTube descriptors so that people can yeah. watch those as well, because there is a lot of detail that goes into 
the the two-pronged approach to collaborative response from a district level. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out to our podcast, Putting the Pieces Together. Uh, if you have not found that one, please subscribe, investigate that because we did have that conversation that Jen, you referenced with the Holy Speeder. Holy Spirit, Speeder, that's a very different school division. The Holy Spirit school division system leaders where they talked about that very, very thing. And again, the same principles apply as they do at the school level, which again, when you think about the intricacies and the multi-layered connections, it's why the topic we're having today of when new administrators join at a school level, ooh, how do we keep that system momentum continuing to move forward. So Curtis, I think you hit it right there. That that notion that we always talk about, about simplexity, right? Simple in concept, complex in implementation, 100%. because there are so many things that have to be put together. If you look at the foundational components. Mm -hmm. So as a district, we are engaging in collaborative response. So I'm I'm a district person, I'm supporting my schools. I'm also engaging in conversations with my other district personnel through a collaborative response lens about how we are supporting schools with the supports that they need in our other priority areas. Why is onboarding so critical for this district to continue moving forward? I think why it's so important is because through this work, we learn as organizations. Uh, we often talk about it being very specifically a learning journey and reinforcing mm -hmm. that and trying to make it clear on the onset when you engage in this, you're not going to have all the answers. You're going to uh, gain insights as you progress uh, through the work, which when you first start can sometimes be overwhelming or in some cases even frustrating. Just tell me the path. Tell me exactly what to do, the checklist to be able to attend and Collaborative response work is not like that. So when you onboard new admin, there is a large amount of lived experience and learning that has happened that they haven't been a part of. And so to be able to bring them into that, I think is really, really critical to be able to do. Because if we just continue, um, just continue moving forward as a district without thinking what understandings have they not had a chance to be part of, eventually the base is going to deteriorate the understanding at the school level is going to lag and we will see particular schools that um either not not only dip in their implementation but may entirely pause simply because a administrator new to the to the school and henceforth to the district just doesn't have that that lived experience and understanding well so, and make their own interpretations yeah. of of what they understand or make connections more. to oh this sounds like something that i used to be part of or i used to do at my last school or whatnot and then they make their own subtle variations which then really clouds the work substantially well and sometimes we uh especially in the case of admin coming in that, you know, through that interview process have identified that they've been part of a district that has already been implementing collaborative response. But we make the assumption then that they're good to go and or that, that they're, they're ready yeah. to be able to engage in the work with a new district when in fact, uh, what we just said about school by school, that yeah. implementation looks a little bit different. District to district, they make their own And decisions. we've heard that 
that over and over again, where a system goes, oh, they know about collaborative response. Great. We're not going to have to do any onboarding. And then realize, actually, their lived experience of this was on a very different path or had a different entry point. And they don't understand it the way we understand it and vice versa. I was talking to an administrator not too long ago, and even a move from one school to another school within the same district, um, you make certain assumptions that everything runs the same from school to school within a district and quickly finding out that that's not exactly it. And so we do need to be careful about uh, new admin coming in or new leadership teams, even not just the principal, but the whole leadership team. Um, has a solid understanding about how far we've come in the journey, knowing that it is definitely a journey, and where are we at as a school, and who do we reach out to to be able to understand and um, move along and be part of that process moving forward. So Lorna, you've alluded to the interview process and sometimes the assumptions that get made. We're having those conversations with those principals who maybe know a little bit about the the how of collaborative response from their experience, but maybe not the why that this district has proceeded or maybe have an understanding from their school, but not necessarily from that whole district perspective. What sort of considerations might be made in that interviewing process to ensure that internal and external candidates are ready to join this collaborative culture. Yeah, so I think, first of all, it's really important to consider if if collaborative response is a priority within your district, that you do include that within your interview process so that you can get an understanding of whether the the leader that is coming into your district, whether it's a a district Mm -hmm. leadership position or whether it's a school leadership position, that they do have an understanding. And um, I would say that, you know, one of the questions that should be considered is, what does that look like? Or what did that look like when you experienced that collaborative response in your previous setting? And being able to get a good understanding of, uh, you can very quickly (laughs) capture what happened within their school in terms of their, again, their place in that journey. So I recently engaged with a senior leader where they said when they're hiring new administrators into schools, they have a specific question about collaborative response. They ask for, if you've had experience with this, describe what it looked like, as Lorna said, but then they have intentional follow-up questions that say, what are some things that you've done in your past experiences that have helped build a collaborative culture and get to some ideas with it behind? But he said what they make really explicitly clear is just because you haven't had experience doesn't negate you from this position, but we've made it really clear. We utilize collaborative response within our system to move key priorities forward. So if you're joining, we need you to um, adhere and build upon the structures that are in place. So even being really explicit with, here's some pre-reading materials. Uh, I have one district that have said that they will have every one of their new administrators engage in the learning through our collaborative response 101 online course we have online sessions that are available in august that some system leaders have said we'd like for you to attend these just to bring your understanding up 
as quickly as possible as part of that onboarding process before they even get into their school necessarily. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's an internal candidate, I would love opportunities for them to be able to transition with current leadership uh, within the school, maybe even to come and observe some key elements like what does your collaborative team meeting look like in your school? Let's see your continuum of supports. What kind of data are you gathering? All of those important parts uh, would be so important for an internal. For an external, if that transition cannot happen, I think being able to express really clearly, this is a way we go about our business. And here's some opportunities for you to bring your understanding up as quickly as we possibly can so that you understand what's happening within your own school and within the district and the why. Recently, we were talking with a district about this very thing, about how do you bring new admin, knowing that there are some districts who are hiring a lot of new leaders mm -hmm. right now. But having that discussion about explicit onboarding and just as Curtis shared, you know, the articles and the videos and the collaborative response 101s, there's lots of different uh, supports and resources that can help you with that. We engaged in a discussion about providing an overview session, even if it's kind of a refresher, the, yeah. you know, hour or 90 minutes to two hours overview, just to provide them uh, with that overarching understanding of collaborative response. But as we talked about that, we said, you know what, it actually would not be bad for the whole admin team to be able to engage in that refresher as well so that we can continue to establish and reaffirm the common language and the common understanding across our district. So we're not just doing that refresher or overview for just the new people, but let's do it all together. Then we create that opportunity to have conversations too um, with new admin, asking questions of uh, administrators who are already well into the process. And it just opens those doors to have those conversations. Yeah. And we talked about that in the last podcast focused on onboarding new staff in a school mm -hmm. is, yeah, yeah you can actually use this as a dual opportunity to help the onboarding, but then also to reinforce um, for existing. What does this mean? And mm -hmm. when I have to share out to another, that's going to deepen my understanding. So I think it would be a great practice if somebody new was coming into a district, even to partner them with a current administrator. Um, and I'm not talking a formal mentorship part partner within this, but even here's a person who's going to go out for a coffee and talk about what it is that we do, because for the person providing that overview, that's a huge opportunity to just coalesce their own understanding and thinking when they have to try and explain it to somebody else. You're talking about, okay, so we've been through the interview process, we've hired them, they're now part of the team and all the opportunities that they have. And one of the things that you had mentioned um, for the new staff was, you know, the ability to, to watch a collaborative team meeting. And I think about the power of the partnership that you've just described, that networking, right? How about mm -hmm. you come to our school and watch our first collaborative team meeting yeah, yeah. Before, before you, you go and facilitate your own? Yeah. yeah, that would be great. And the nice part about doing that is, A, I'm not only building up relationships with others within the district, but when I go and see it through another school's lens, I don't have to do it with any kind of evaluative. I don't have to have people in the meeting going, oh my goodness, the new principal is watching us today. We better be on our best. Um, 
put forth the absolute best that we can. No, it's relatively risk-free to be able to go see it in another school and go, oh, I understand. Because I think that's one of the critical, critical understandings in this overall collaborative response work is everything connects and aligns, but that collaborative team meeting structure is a very, very intentionally designed component. And if somebody just goes, oh yeah, you're talking about kids, I get it. No, actually there's really intentional design. And if you miss any of the determined and designed processes that are within it, it's going to degradate the overall effectiveness of that. So going and understanding that collaborative team meeting, watching it in another mm -hmm. school would be something we'd really encourage for system leaders to try and not only provide as an opportunity, but an expectation of go see this, this neighboring school and then come back and let's talk about what you noticed. We have so many video resources and yeah. so many podcasts now that um, anyone coming in new, there's such a big resource going into YouTube and taking a look at all of the uh, recordings that we have that can really help in that broad understanding, but explicit components of collaborative response as well. Okay, well, that's our shameless self-promotion <laughs> of if your system leaders listening, get your new admin to subscribe to this podcast, go back and it will deepen their understanding as they're road tripping and making the move to your district this summer. There we go. Great idea. Yep. Well, I was going to jump in there on the shameless plug on the website, because if having had conversations with with colleagues who are getting into administrator roles and who are looking at roles in districts that do explicitly state, you know, collaborative response is the way mm. we operate. You know, where can they go? Well, straight to the website. There are so many resources that have been put in there in terms of, you know, samples from other schools and explanation videos of, you know, what the different foundational components are and just the vast amount of opportunity that there is to learn about collaborative response, to understand yeah. it with integrity and fidelity going into an interview process it's there. And honestly, if you had any questions and sent an email to any one of our team, we'd be more than happy to help clarify anything. <laughs> yeah. And I sure. would really encourage become a Jigsaw Learning Insider, the free emails that go out with resources, samples, video content, immensely valuable to be able to get. Again, if you're, if I'm coming into a school division and as, as an administrator, and I know this is work they're doing, I'm going to do a little bit of homework. There's no lack in. of resources, that's for sure. We, it's actually the opposite, that people are usually overwhelmed by the yeah, number yeah. of resources available. I can't find available. this one thing. So I want to come back to those foundational components, because a lot of what we've talked about in terms of onboarding really has to do with the collaborative structures and processes and understanding you know, how things are set up and why they're set up that way. But from a district perspective, when we look at data and evidence, and when we look at that continuum of supports, what might need to be considered when onboarding new admin in terms of those two foundational components? I'll start with the data and evidence, and then you jump in with continuums. Mm -hmm. For data and evidence, I would want to make it clear, here's the screening tools that uh, we utilize in relation to prior priority areas. Here's the, the times or schedule when we expect to, for them to be done, and here's the way that we collect and organize that as information. A, I'm just going to jump in because as a district, if you haven't already considered creating a data overview uh, that 
really lays out that that planning piece in terms of what assessments that you're doing, what data you're gathering, and those timelines consider to do that because that that becomes a really great Actually, tool for schools. That whole idea of when you have new admin on board, it's a great opportunity to say, okay, have we documented yeah. what it is that we do? Because that's going to be probably the most effective way to onboard and create uh, consistency. Mm -hmm. So creating that plan for assessment across the district. Absolutely. Yeah. So then when it comes to the continuum, do you want to talk about how do new admin coming in understand the role of the continuum? Yeah. So I think the very first question that new administrators should be having is, or making is, do you have a continuum? And uh, to or be able to, yeah, or multiple, um, and being able to sit down with some staff members for them to be able to articulate, how did this come about? So talk to me about how you develop this continuum of supports. And uh, and then to talk about how you you use it as well. So currently, how is it used within the school? That will give you a really good understanding of what are those next steps. Do we have a continuum at all? Because that's a huge big step. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or have we already developed and are we actually in the phase of refinement or uh, in that kind of a, a tussle of, you know, how do we actually use this in a in an impactful way? Yeah. And remembering for viewers and listeners that when we talk about a continuum of supports, we are understanding that there may be multiple continuums yeah. that get built over time within a school based on priorities areas. In my school, I might have a literacy continuum, a numeracy and a well-being continuum that we've built out over time to just really um articulate what is it that we do when a student struggles in any of those areas. And I would say it's it's not enough. And this comes at the district level too, because there are some districts who are developing continuum at that district level and then uh, providing it to schools to be able to continue to flesh it out at their mm -hmm. own buildings. But but I would say that it's not enough just to hand it to somebody new. Yeah. <laughs> it really um, it really warrants uh, an explanation of what, how did we build that? And what is the continuum? And how is it influencing the work that we're doing? And I would suggest for a new admin coming in to be able to say right off the hop, here's all the tier four things that you can reach out when a student is struggling is really overwhelming. I'm not in a headspace to be able to yeah. understand all the different external organizations or agencies or or um, care providers that are there but to know where to access the documents would be an incredible first start for when I do get to a place of okay now I'm ready to know where to go for this particular student that we're struggling with so as I consider that notion of you know just handing it over you talk about the documents talk about the documentation process I mean my my background in ed tech right how many different things do we give to a principal to log into and they're supposed to use right off the bat? So I think about however we might be documenting our collaborative response process, whether that be in Google Docs or, I mean, I'm I'm biased to eCollab. I love it. Mm -hmm. Please come check it out because this work becomes so streamlined with that software. But I think about a principal. Okay, so we are a district that uses WeCollab. 
how as a new principal, as you're being onboarded, would you invite district personnel to help them in that process? Oh my goodness. If we had WeCollab established within the district, I would be setting um, someone who has expertise in the software along with the new admin to be able to show them, all right, let's go look at a student profile and see the type of information that's there. Here, let's try and pull out some overview documents that we want to be able to see. Here's our continuum and how it's uh, linked within it. Here's how we go and organize our data within it. It would not take me very long as a new administrator to at least know how to log in and access and where to go to get the basics before I could be gathering all sorts of incredible information about my school, about my community, about the supports available. Um, I think that would be outstanding. And I could even see, and we've worked with districts, Jen, that have gone and built out some of the little quick documents, some of the quick videos to access. I know you've you've developed some of them for districts to be able to do that as well, where I can get the one-page overview uh, cheat sheet, for lack of a better word, of how do you learn very, very quickly about what's happening for kids in the building? And I think, you know, Jen, one of the most, one of my favorite parts <laughs> we collab is the student profile and you understanding that you have just such easy access yeah. to rich information about students and how we support them. And that becomes incredible um, in that, you know, it's so easy to access and understand what's happening for a student, what we've tried, what worked, what didn't work, and then being able to take it to that next step. So as a leader, as a new leader in the school, what a great way to quickly understand some of the children in the school. Actually, there's a profile for every child in the school. So <laughs> if you spend the time to be able to go in and really have that quick understanding of what's happening for students in our school. Mm -hmm. So now that we've done the We Collab plug, because like I said, I'm very biased. I love the software, uh, but they sponsor a question that we ask in every single one of our um, episodes. So I'm going to ask you that question. This question is brought to you by We Collab. Designed by educators for educators, this comprehensive digital system aligns with the foundational components of collaborative response. Moving from conversation to action, WeCollab empowers classrooms, schools, and systems to provide the very best response for each and every child by informing action-based decision-making with data and evidence supporting student success. Summarizing everything we've talked about, what can districts do to ensure a consistent and sustainable process for onboarding in MIN into the collaborative response is how we operate culture that has been established. So again, I think to summarize some key points, and then we're going to share some really specific examples that we've seen. Uh, the first is clarity, making sure that it's clear when new people come on. This is a critical way that we go about impacting the priorities within our school division and within our schools, making that crystal clear, and then being able to provide opportunities to learn deeper. We talked about uh, podcasts. We talked about the Collaborative Response 101 course. Um, as mentioned in one school division, it's not, they've set it out that it's not a, 
here's a number of things to explore if you like. It's we've purchased you a course access. We'd like it to be finished before this particular time when you start so that uh, and someone will meet with you to discuss what is that you've you've read within uh, Greater St. Albert Catholic School Division here just outside of Edmonton. Uh, they recently built a admin dashboard for collaborative response that's within their internal portal so that when internal personnel go, there is a collaborative response hub page that's right there. When they click in, it's a repository of where they've put key documents, video content, and then folders for samples from different schools that's intended to be just that online repository. And we've heard of some other school divisions that are building similar type repositories so that the learning is sustainable as well. We also saw in, we'll use Battle River, Battle River School Division, which is again, Central Alberta, where um, they had had collaborative team meeting feedback done for each and every one of their schools. When a new admin came in, they ensured new admin had access to that feedback that had been given to the school previously so that they could review and see what were some of the things the school at that point in time were doing really well, what were some suggested next steps. We've seen the same thing done with overall school feedback. I think just trying to get be really explicit to having new admin understand as quickly as possible, A, what is collaborative response? And then B, what does the work look like in your school? And then how can you help move it forward in the next steps? Yeah, and when we think about that, you know, being able to create that sustainability and understanding, you know, initial understanding of collaborative response, like you said, the the resources that are available, but we love Google. Google <laughs> Google <laughs> provides us with that opportunity of creating shared folders. And those, and uh, if uh, any of you have ever engaged in leadership leadership sessions with us, uh, across the district, we intentionally create shared folders so that schools store their resources in one place for their school, but have the ability to pop into other schools to be able to see what they're doing and how it looks in other schools. And I think, you know, when uh, someone new coming in has that opportunity to take a peek into a number of schools' resources, that becomes a really fantastic tool to, if nothing else, create a list of questions <laughs> that yeah. could be asked of other leaders. And I think really the platform doesn't matter whether it's in a, a Teams environment, a Google no. environment, um, having those shared, shared it's resources. Just the shared is so resources critical. that are important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to point out one more resource that we have, and that is the collaborative response membership that districts are able to purchase multiples so that their staff can get into it or schools are able to purchase multiples or individuals can purchase on their own. Because I know within there, there is a vast wealth of templates. There is access to webinars and recordings from previous symposiums, uh, keynote addresses. The quality of the work that is in there is akin to nothing else. It is incredibly affordable. And I will let you two summarize that one. <laughs> Jen, I, I kind of laugh when you start to talk about it because it basically is everything that we ever created and more. <laughs> <laughs> 
again, it all goes into that one space. So all of those, like you said, templates, resources, videos, all those kinds of resources are all going into that space to be able to be accessed. Examples for how to timetable, uh, our student support network for that when you're unsure of what to do for a student, we can type in the, the key issue and it'll generate different considerations for us. So yeah, another valuable resource to be able to consider. And I again, I think if I'm listening to this as a system leader, trying to think about what are the things that I can do for new admin to break down barriers and just provide them every piece of the support that they need to be able to help A, catch up quickly in their understanding and then help us continue to move forward because I haven't brought in new administrators into our system if I did not see their ability to help us continue mm. to move forward. So mm. how do we how do we build upon that? Well, Curtis and Lorna, I think that's a very positive note to end things on because you're absolutely right. District leaders would not bring in new admin if they did not see the potential in them to continue yeah. the great work they were doing forward. So I'm going to interrupt right there too, because I think we don't bring new admin in to just ensure that we remain our status quo. We bring new people into the team who can help us grow and meet those next steps. But if it's not in alignment with where we're going, we might spend a in order ordinate amount of energy and resources going in every which direction. Mm -hmm. But if I can bring in, get them on the same path that we're all rowing uh, towards, then yeah, let's let's use that expertise that. Um, infusion of new understandings into our organization to take us further than than we could have gone uh, without new people joining the organization. So I think we've listed a number of resources that we talked through here today that I will make sure to include in the description because again, mm -hmm. we have so much, the two of you have done so much work over the years starting from a grassroots perspective and then all the learning you've done alongside partners and bringing that into a coherent framework and I use the word framework because it's not a model. It's not a cookie cutter. It really is designed to be considered in the context of its implementation. Thank you both for taking the time to be here today. And I look forward to our next conversation because we still have some scenarios around onboarding that we haven't discussed yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Jen. Thanks, Jen. And be safe, you, your family, and your neighbors during these very uncertain times. Yes, we absolutely will. Thinking of everyone out there who uh, may be challenged by fires and or floods, um, chin up and we always try and take care of our neighbors. Sounds great. Take care, Jen. Take care. Ensuring success for all students is a moral imperative for all schools, but it takes a highly coordinated framework of structures and processes to maximize the collective capacity of the team. In Collaborative Response, three foundational components that transform how we respond to the needs of learners, we share an organizational mindset that involves fundamental shifts for schools and districts. Numerous school and district examples, as well as access to a large number of resources, are provided within the text and in the accompanying companion website. Join the growing number of schools using collaborative response to ensure high levels of success for students and staff, stemming from the essential belief that every child deserves a team.
much like onboarding new staff at the school level where a collaborative culture has been established. There are steps that can be taken to ensure that administrators are prepared and readily able to engage in the collaborative culture that's been created at a district level. Curtis and Lorna speak to a number of things in the processes by which we can ensure that administrators are ready to engage in collaborative response in their schools with the support of the district. But some key learnings for me, going back to that idea of making no assumptions. Regardless of if an administrator or leader is coming to an interview with a background in collaborative response, whether they've been in your district in a school, whether they're coming from another district where collaborative response was engaged in, making it very explicit in that interview process so you can truly gain an understanding of their lived experience. Second key learning, refreshing to reaffirm. So not only is it a good idea to engage new administrators to the division in that conversation about collaborative response and how we do things in our district, it opens up that opportunity to network, to find partnerships and build relationships between schools as those that have lived the experience within the division have an opportunity to share with those who have yet to join into that opportunity. The third key learning for me is making sure that those new administrators have those opportunities to deepen their learning. We know that there is a limit to what can be learned in a specific headspace at a specific point in time. And so ensuring that school leaders have access to those resources, many and plentiful, that are available to them so that their understanding can be deepened as it's needed in its order for it to be meaningful and relevant to them, because that is what's going to make collaborative response internalized in the way that we do things as a district. So making sure they know there are podcasts, making sure that they know there is the membership, ensuring they become a JL insider so that they receive those short, quick emails with sweet sound bites about how collaborative response takes place. Making sure that they have had the opportunity to explore the website. Making sure that within the district, they have access to the documentation and processes that the district has and the resources and samples the district has put together for how they do things. Truly, onboarding is a way to not only prepare those new to the current circumstance, but also those who live in the current context. Because every time we go through that learning process, something different turns on that light bulb. And it's like, oh, I can do that now. Oh, I understand that now. As always, please take the opportunity to check out the resources that are linked in the description. And if you have any questions, reach out. We know the power of collaborative response when it is implemented with integrity and fidelity. We want to make sure that you have what you need to do so in your context. For more on collaborative response, visit jigsawlearning.ca or join the JL Insider to receive access to newly added resources and content.
make sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe to the podcast and the Jigsaw Learning YouTube channel to access past and upcoming episodes. Join us again to continue to build your own capacity and leading collaborative response in your context.